Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, it's so nice having you online with me today. I'm so excited spending this time with you wherever you are, whether you're a family together or maybe just alone watching this. I am super excited to spend this time with you. And if this is your first time joining us, I want to tell you that you've decided to, to do this on probably one of the best Sundays because today we're kicking off with a brand new sermon series called Exhibit His Glory. Now, I'd like to start this sermon series with a question. I wonder if you can relate to this. Have you ever felt useless in your life? <laughs> I mean, like totally not worth or used everything. I mean, there's no significance in your life. And if you would ever feel like this, I want you to think about the following three things. The first one is think about a white pencil that needs to draw on something of a white piece of paper. Just, just imagine how, how insignificant and useless that little pencil must be feeling. Whenever you're sitting in that space, you could have been a white pencil. Or maybe think about a sly at the braai. I mean, just <laughs> who would ever in their right minds want to be a sly at any braai? I mean, it's all about the meat slice, kind of like the garnish on the side. Or think about this guy. Check out this picture. Now, this is a picture of a lifeguard at the Olympic swimming pool. I mean, what level of significance is this guy experience, experiencing right there where he's sitting? Oh my word, just look at that face. So if you've ever felt useless before, just think about these guys and thank the Lord for the significant place and purpose that he had placed you in. In fact, isn't it interesting that when it comes to the human heart and our desire, there is this deep inside desire within us to long for a sense of significance, a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose in life. And isn't it also true that when chaos comes our way, when everything just doesn't work out as we wish it would, that we find ourselves in a place where we start questioning our significance and our purpose and our meaning in life. And that's exactly what this whole series is about. It's looking at and discovering together over the next few weeks, what is the significant purpose that God created the world for and your life for? Why did God create us? Why did he create this world? And why did he create you? And actually, I can give it to you in one short little answer. It's in the title of the series. You were created and this world was created to exhibit the glory of God. What this means, we're going to unpack that over the next few weeks. And I think probably the first and probably one of the most important things we need to know about this purpose, this exhibiting God's glory, is that God is passionate about His glory. He has an intense passion for His glory. In fact, when you go and check it out in the Bible, Scripture we see 538 times in Scripture where God speaks and refers to His glory, where He talks about how great and how majestic and how wonderful He is. In fact, everything God does is for one purpose and one purpose only. It's to exhibit His glory. The Bible tells us that the heavens are telling the glory. It explains the glory of God. It's on display as you look at the stars at night. 
In fact, one of the most uh, famous photos that the Hubble telescope ever took happened like followed. Uh, a few of the scientists came together and they have actually recognized there is one little spot in all of space that's like the dark spot. There's almost nothing there. So they decided they're going to take the Hubble telescope and point it to that little dark spot. Now that dark spot is about the size of a one rand coin at arm's length at night. So when you would put it up, that's about the size of that little dark spot that they've aimed the Hubble telescope towards. And then they decided they're going to keep the Hubble telescope open like for a few days, if I'm not mistaken, and, and capture whatever light might come from that place where they actually are at the point where they believe there's nothing there. It's just dark. It's just nothing there. They aimed it and after a few days, they got this photo. Wow. Now, maybe this might just look to you like a few little dots, but just to make and even greater and bigger, more significant, there are just two little dots on this whole photo, two of them. Only two of them are stars. The rest of what you see on this photo is galaxies. Galaxies filled with billions and billions of stars. Now, that's in a place where we thought there is absolutely nothing but darkness. And why, are, why is it there? Why is it put in that space? Well, Bible tells us it's there to declare the glory of the greatness of the God that we serve. How wonderful, how amazing. And not only in the macro do we see God's glory being exhibited, but also in the micro. When we look at all of the minute organisms that makes our bodies work and this planet work, things that we can only discover under a microscope and you couldn't even see it with the human eye, God created all of those things intricately in balance to make sure that life can be sustainable on this planet. And all of it is to exhibit the glory of his power, his capacity, his wonder, his majesty, his grandeur, who God is. And to top it all off, we read in Genesis chapter 1 how God created us in his image and in his likeness. And I don't know about you, but the reality is, is with any image, anything that is an image of a divine creature, when you would make an image of any other God, you put that image in a temple and that image is there for one purpose and one purpose only, to exhibit the glory and the majesty of what it represents, the God that it represents. And so you and I, we are called and we've been created to exhibit God for this. However, when we look at the world, we might have some questions about what humanity actually portrays and the way we live and the way we do things so we find in the Bible also a promise in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 where we read about a promise that God gives Habakkuk about his glory. And it says the following, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in this little portion of scripture, there is this promise that God will exhibit his glory throughout all the earth, that everyone will know about the glory and the majesty and the power and the wonder of the God that we serve. So, 
to dive into God's glory and discover a bit more about His passion for His glory. Today, we're going to be looking at three points about His glory. Firstly, we're going to discover what is the glory of God. Secondly, we're going to look at how we lost the glory of God, seeing that God has called us to exhibit His glory from the start go, from the word go, the moment He made us. And then thirdly, we will look at how God plans to restore His glory to humankind. So let's dive in. Number one, what is the glory of God? It's kind of a big word, hey? Won't you say glory? It's, it's almost like it's up there. You don't really like, when I think about glory, I'm hearing that classic cartoon moment with the lights coming down and the angels with the halos around their heads. However, when it comes to glory, it's a little bit more than just the oh, moment um, that we find, uh, we find on TV or maybe in cartoons. The word glory in Greek and in Hebrew, in Hebrew it's kabot, and in Greek it's the word doxa. And this little word in the Bible literally refers to the word weight. It refers to the weightiness of something, its capacity, its weight within it. So, for instance, when you would stand on a bridge um, here, wherever it may be, in Bloemfontein or maybe down there, I've been once there in, um, in the Garden Route and I stood on the Blokrans Bridge, which is probably one of the highest bridges in South Africa. And as I'm standing on that bridge, a huge truck came over the bridge. And you know what happened? I experienced something of the glory of that lorry, of that truck, on the side of that big bridge as the bridge started shaking and I experienced the presence, the capacity, the majesty, the weightiness of this truck. Or maybe when you're inside of a room with a group of people and there is a famous person that walks in, let's say the president of um, South Africa, Cyril, would walk into church one day and the next moment, what do you think will happen in the crowd? Because this man carries uh, an amount, a little amount of human glory that was attributed to him because so many people voted and so on and so forth. And he carries a specific authority and a position that gives him weight in a sense. So the moment he would walk into this room, there would be eruptions in the crowd. Everybody would go, oh, did you see Cyril, Cyril? And everybody starts speaking about it. It's kind of like it, there's an effect of the weightiness and the authority that he carries. So that's kind of the picture that we get. Now, the Bible tells us that when God comes down and He exhibits a piece of His presence and His glory, that it's not just the bridge or the crowds that starts trembling. No, the mountains tremble at the presence of the glory of God. So there is a level of authority and weight that God carries. And literally, this word weight and what the Bible refers to as God's glory and His whole fullness talks about the weightiness of His authority and His opinion. Now, maybe to, to give you guys a picture of that, and this is kind of the mind-blowing side, is that the psalmist writes about it, and he says that we, who are we, that, that God would crown us with glory. And this is the mind-blowing part. God created you to be a carrier of His glory, to carry a portion of His authority within His creation. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, there's this, um, if you've ever been a parent, and um, <clears throat> maybe not even a parent, maybe you just lived in the house and you had a brother or sister, you'll know this one little word, sibling rivalry. And in my house, it's nowadays just a common thing that's happening. And whenever Mika or Jean would be fighting, what would happen is one of them would run to daddy and they would be like, papa, papa. Jean doesn't want to hear what I'm telling him. He's not listening. He's not giving me my stuff back. Um, and then 
Papa would look at Mika and tell her, you tell Jean that daddy says. And within an instant, Mika looks like this. Good, I'm going. I'm on a mission. Why? Because now I have authority. Now my words carry weight. She walks out of that room, down the stairs, looks her brother square in the eyes, and she's like, Daddy said. And immediately, Jean is standing to attention, listening immediately, because Mika is walking with a piece of my authority, my weightiness, the glory that God has given to me in a way to be the dad in that house. So in the same way, God has given us authority and weightiness to carry it in this world, to live from that space. However, the sad truth is that we have lost his glory. Now, Romans 3, chapter 23, Paul writes about this. And he says the following. He says, for we all have sinned and came short of the glory of God. Paul is referring here to a moment in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam decided that it's better for him to exhibit his glory based on his own works instead of the glory God has given by his created work in Adam's life. And in that moment, as they sinned, as they decided to make themselves God, and say, God, no, 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 you can be a great advisor. We like what you say, but it's only great advice. It's not necessarily a command. It's not necessarily the truth. We take it on an advisory basis. You serve us. We don't serve you. In that moment, we've fallen short of the glory that we were created to have. We've lost weight. We became lightweight. In fact, I want to show you a picture, and we're going to be walking through this as you're seeing it on the screen every now and then. It's a picture of a scale, a weight scale, a balancing scale, a scale that can show you something of an indication of value. And what the Bible tells us is if we would have God on the one side and we would have humanity on the other side, that we were created to carry the same weight here. On this planet, we are the image of God. We are to represent Him. But the moment we've sinned, we've lost that weight, and it's like it's off of that scale. And suddenly there is an imbalance in the scale. And there can be no deep, intimate relationship. Because we lack. We are found wanting. We are too light when it comes to this. And ever since that moment, humanity has been trying to compensate for the lack of weight and glory that we lack in our life due to sin. And probably the number one way we've been doing it is by adding up our own works. Now, there is this story in the Bible of a king called Belshazzar. Belshazzar was um, the second king of the Babylonian Empire. And um, he, he has this very interesting story where he decided he wants to display and exhibit his own glory based on all of his achievements and the great power that he has with holds within his hand as a ruler of, that, uh, of the Middle East in that stage and that day and era. He had a great empire, the Babylonian Empire. 
So he decides one night he's going to throw a big banquet, big party. It's all about me. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to kind of vibe. So he is doing a big thing there. And on top of this big party, to just show how powerful and how strong and how amazing and how mighty he is and what he has achieved, he decides he's going to take all of the ornaments that was meant specifically within Israel to point to God's glory, to be used in the temple, to be set apart, to be a holy. And he's going to use that and he's bringing it in almost kind of like a mockery that he wants to make of God. Kind of pointing out that, you know, God, God's great, but I'm, I'm even greater than God. Just look at how amazing I am. God's stuff points to my greatness. My life don't point to his greatness. And he totally misses it. And that night, something very interesting happens. As the Bible describes it, it says there is a finger that came out of heaven. And it started writing on the wall within this party. Can you imagine that moment? Imagine the people around. They were like, what is happening? Are we, are we drinking too much? What's the story? Are we all seeing this? And as it turns out, it wasn't just the wine speaking. It was actually God speaking. And that day, he wrote on that wall the following words. It says, mena, mena, telkel, yifashen. And those words means you have been weighed and you have been found wanting. You are too light. You don't have what it takes. No matter how much you try and stack up. And that's kind of like when we go back to our little scale. It's like us saying, okay, God, there is an imbalance here. Something is wrong in the way you've created us to live. And it has to do with sin. We've lost a portion of our authority, of our glory, as we gave it to the enemy in that moment. And we gave into sin, the temptation of sin. And that moment, and ever since then, humanity has been trying to through their own works, through their own achievements, their own successes, our own hard and hard-worked efforts, we try to balance out the scale. But the problem with this is, as in the story of this king, this Babylonian king, the big problem is that the Bible describes our works as filthy little rags. It's like you have this weighty measured thing on the one side of the scale and all every single piece of work that you try and put in on the other side, it's just this little whimsy, little light piece of cloth and it will never be able to carry the amount of weight to restore the balance and humanity is caught within this imbalance in God's creation and we miss out on what we were truly created for we cannot partake in his glory and more about that next week of what's the barrier what's the thing that keeps us from this how does this practically look but for now it's important to know that whatever you and I try and do with all of our good works, all of our good intentions, all of the nice ideas that we have, all of those things stacked on top of one another can never compare to the wondrous glory of God's created work in your life and in your heart. However, God is passionate about His glory. And He's so passionate that He's willing to restore what He originally intended. You know, the word passion is a willingness to suffer, a willingness to give. And that's what we see. We see God's willingness to suffer, to restore this. This is the only way the scale can be brought back into balance again. The only way. And here it is. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. Paul writes the following. He says, He says, 
God made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin. Do you know what that means? That means the weighty side of the scale decided to lower, to take up the burden of sin so that you and I, listen to this, can in Him be declared righteous again. And this little word righteousness is the word tzadok and it literally refers to this little arm that keeps the scales in balance. That our glory can ultimately be restored because God was willing to give it up for you and for me so that we can be restored once again. But only if we are in Christ. And even more mind-blowing is to read it further on in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, where it says the following, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. This mystery that God came to restore His glory back on this planet, which is Christ in you. What? The hope of glory. So not only does God put us in Him and we are restored in Him, but now He births back up again in us through the power of God's Spirit and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His glory in us. That's the hope that we carry within us, that God's glory will cover the earth. The knowledge of His glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. In fact, this is where Doxa Deo gets our name from. Doxa, the glory and Deo of God. This is what we dream about in, Corinth, uh, in, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. That's the heart, the scripture behind this family is we giving ourselves because we want to see that promise. We want to see the glory of God being restored to all of society. No longer in imbalance that humanity would live in perfect harmony and unity and in union and in peace with their Creator as God intended it to be. That things would run according to His way, which is good, which is really, really good. So, I'd like to end off with this. Do you have glory? The answer, yes, you do. In Christ Jesus, your glory can be restored. The glory of God that was intended for you, the authority that you can have, the weightiness of His opinion can rule your life again. Only if you are in Christ and Christ is in you then you are a carrier of God's glory. You are a partaker of His glory. In fact, you're one of the heavy ones. You have weight. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your love that we can see in Jesus. And God, I pray as people were sitting here and they maybe have found themselves in life as being measuring up and it's too light. And they've really tried and worked hard. But they may feel like Valsasha and looking at that moment and realizing everything I've done up until this moment, all of my successes, all of my achievements, none of them satisfy and convinces me of my purpose in life. 
In Jesus' name, I want to pray. If, if you might be in that place today, if you're sitting, if you might be there, I want to ask you to open up your heart. And Jesus, I accept your gift of grace that you came to restore me back to the glory that God created me to live by. And that we might exhibit your glory wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.